everybody. I'm Adam Hergenrother. This is Business Meets Spirituality. We believe in personal growth through business success. Today, I'm joined by my chief of staff, Hallie Warner. Hallie? Good morning. Good morning. I love it. Super excited about today. We, one of the, um, our topics of conversation has been a topic amongst our organizations right now, um, particularly anybody in real estate, in construction, uh, in life. <laughs> is trying to build emotional resilience. We've had a lot of people wanting us to talk about and teach about emotional fitness, right? And so we decided today to really kind of focus on um, how do you cultivate emotional resilience and then benefits of emotional resilience. And we, we particularly started talking about this because it resonated not only with us, but um, leadership is, is having emotional resilience. Because what is emotional resilience? What is the definition of emotional resilience? Yeah, it's the ability to adapt to stressful situations or crises. Yes, which is what you said before we got in the air. You're like, that's life. Yeah, that's just being human. Yeah, and the way I kind of like to phrase this is that, you know, um, being a leader, right? People like, you use the word leadership and it's got like a big, like, what does it mean on the ground, right? It's actually being able to respond to challenges, crises, or, or stressful situations, right? And part of building up emotional resilience is so that you don't get bent out of shape or you don't lose your center of, of being or you just don't lose your center of balance during stressful situations so you can actually lead. Mm-hmm. And that's, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, it's that ability to adapt, like you said, and be able to handle it, but it's also then being able to make decisions yes. and keep everyone rowing in the same direction amidst all of that. Yeah. Stress or chaos. Jeff Bezos talks about um, in many of his, his speeches and different things he, in one of his ethos is that being, being a leader is really comes down to making quality decisions every single day. And he said in his life, his kind of rule is that every single day I want to make three quality decisions. And so I've kind of taken that. I love that. Like whether it's three or two or 50, you know, people, what you're doing as a leader is making decisions. Yeah. I heard on a, a podcast and I, I loved this, the way they talked about it. I think it was on the founder's journal that um, as so in a, in a company, you have your director of marketing and their product is maybe a marketing campaign and you've got your CFO and their product might be a budget or a P&L um, or, you know, your sales team, their product is X number of clients mm-hmm. or X number of deals. Well, as a leader, we don't really produce anything per se. Yeah. However, we produce decisions. And so as a leader, our products our product is decisions, which I thought was a really cool way to think about it. Yeah. And it kind of goes exactly, that's a great way of saying it. And that goes exactly with what Jeff said. It goes, my, every single day I need to make three quality decisions. And by the end of the day, I cannot make quality decisions. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't mean you're not making other decisions. Like he, like I like decision fatigue. decision fatigue, but also like there's like one way decisions, which are much more important, right? Those are decisions that you're like, Hey, if I make this decision and it's not like we can walk away from this, this is the kind one, of the one, one way it's a one like door. A door. Yeah, yeah. It's a one way decisions. And so it's like, if all of a sudden, you know, like you, you know, you fire somebody or you decide to take a million dollars and allocate it. And that's your entire R and D budget. Like you can't walk that money back once it's invested. Right. So these are big time one way decisions. Right. Mm-hmm. But most of the decisions that leaders are making are two, two, two way decisions, meaning that you can walk back from them. Albeit you probably failed in growth from it, but you can walk back from it. Or there are consequences or yeah, exactly there's going to be consequences, negative implications. But you can still recover from them, right? right. right. And but in, and one of the things with leadership is that people spend too much time on two way decisions 
and they're not, the speed isn't there. Meaning that they're thinking that they're one way decisions and the reality is they're probably not. Mm -hmm. And then on one way decisions, people aren't spending enough time analyzing it. And it's not sometimes being a leader is that you stop the decision-making and say, we need to analyze this seven times because those are big one way decisions. And so you need to be the chief slowdown officer sometimes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you need to be the chief speed up officer. And this is, can happen in the organization. So to kind of paraphrase emotional resilience here today, we're, we're tying this to directly to leadership of about what is leadership, which is making decisions, whether it's three quality decisions, one way decisions or two way decisions, you need to be able to put yourself in a situation so that you're making the highest quality decision that you can actually make, which means that you need emotional resilience, right? So yes. what are the... What, when you develop emotional resilience, there's kind of, um, we read this cool article about the seven benefits of kind of emotional resilience. And, and one of those is like the benefit, and you can see how this ties into making, I'm just gonna keep tying it back to making quality decisions because that's what leadership is. There's doership, right? You may be a leader and you have to do some doership, but in a true leadership capacity, just like you said in the, from the Founders Journal, it's you're producing decisions, right? You're right. producing those decisions. So number one is um, you actually end up gaining more control of your life. And, and this is kind of an interesting piece is because one of the benefits of emotional resilience is how you gain more control of your life is actually by giving up control of your life. <laughs> so it kind of confuses like, people. Yeah, right, tell, right? Me, tell me more about that. So it's it really what happens is if you're trying to control every single thing outside, you can't. So you end up playing this kind of emotional roller coaster going up and down, up and down, instead of letting go of the hand that you're dealt. And then when the hand is dealt, you actually are playing the cards. You're actually in more control of it. It's like you're in more control of your life if you're just willing to go with what the weather is versus trying to make the weather something else and then being pissed off when it's not what you want it to. Yeah, it makes me think of the conversations we've had before about um, expectations. Yeah. And if we just don't necessarily have expectations about what the outcome is going to be, we won't necessarily be riding that emotional roller coaster. Yeah. Because you know, when you, when you, um, when you let go of, of trying to control everything, you're actually in, in a much better seated position to make decision with what's actually happening in real time. And that's what one of the benefits is you actually end up getting more control because you feel confident enough in making decisions with the hand that's being dealt. Like the poker players that win every year in the world poker tournaments, I mean, I don't play poker, but like the world poker tournaments, they didn't get a better hand. They didn't have any better odds of getting a better hand than anybody else at the table. The reason why they win consecutively year after year is because they play their hand better. Mm -hmm. And so that's what if, but if they're like showing their poker face and they're pissed off when they get dealt the hands of cards, they've now put themselves out of position to make the best decisions with the cards they have. So you actually end up getting more in control when you're willing to adapt to the situation instead of being in fighting the situation that's actually occurring. Right. And so that, and that also builds up emotional fatigue if you're trying to do that, because it's emotionally draining. If you're sitting there trying to control something a certain way every single day, knowing that it's out of your control. Yeah, I was going to say, if you're always constantly resisting or fighting reality, yes, that is exhausting. It's like super exhausting. Right. Yeah. So number two would be one of the other benefits is that, you know, agitation and frustration don't phase you. And this is kind of goes with number one, which is setbacks and failures don't throw you off balance for nearly as long. Again, mm -hmm. in order to make a quality decision as a leader or make any decision, wouldn't you want to be at the highest possible place that you can to make decisions? And the only way you can do that is when life throws you challenges, right? It just stuff happens, right? And it shows up. It's life, right? How quickly can you get back to center, right? And we, you can see that from a spiritual level, or you can just basically say, 
you know what it feels like. You don't have to be a psychologist to understand that when you are throwing some news that you don't like or throw news that you really like, you get off center. Mm -hmm. You get out of the Tao, right? You just get off center. And how quickly do you, are you able to get back to it to see clearly what decision needs to be made? How so? And, and also, um, this article is talking about being um, proactive and not reactive. Yeah. And which almost that one way door decision made me think about being proactive, right? You're thinking through all the possible scenarios that could happen so that you're more prepared. But I always think that when I hear the word proactive, I think, oh, well, then I'm not in the moment. I'm not just letting anything flow. What do you think about that? Well, I think you can, you know, part of it is being proactive is setting yourself up. The example I gave to our leaders yesterday was this is why morning routines are modeled from the, some of the most successful people in the world, because you're being proactive with your state of being, your state of mind to be able to handle the challenges that show up. If you get up, people know this, if you get up early and you work out, you get some sort of meditation or journaling in or, or prayer or whatever it is that you do in your morning routine, a walk and enjoying tea or coffee, or whatever this, and you have time for yourself to work on yourself, you are in a much better situation to handle the cards that are dealt. And to me, that is being proactive with your life so that you can set yourself up to be in the situation to make the best quality decisions that you can. Right. And then that, and then you'll be able to adapt to those stressful situations or crisis or chaos. Yeah. I mean, cause just, I mean, if you're running any business, you're doing anything, there's going to be a tremendous amount of stress, which is just resistance to what is right. That's what causes stress. And internally, like when you're stressing about something, it's because you're resisting what is. Mm. And so when you're resisting what is, again, you're not in the best position to make decisions. How many people listening to this right now have made decisions from anger, right? We all have. How many decisions have made it from like feeling inadequate? Or like how many people have made decisions when like you think you've got all the money in the world? <laughs> it goes both ways on both sides of the equation of emotions. Either one of those, you're, you're not positioned yourself to be in the best situation to make the decisions that need to be made or the emails that need to be written, the direction that needs to be set. Those are all what I mean, what you and I mean about decisions is like a decision can be where the vision's going. A decision can be to hire or fire somebody. The decision can be is how do I use these funds? A decision can be do I go down this route? The only way in the more clearer you are, the more proactive you are about getting in Information, setting yourself up in there, the easier it will be to be able to um, build this emotional fitness and having more emotional resilience. Yeah. And the one other uh, the piece there that I, I liked was that the, if you cult work on cultivating your emotional resilience, when those things do happen, they either don't affect you or you get back to that baseline, that baseline. very quickly. Yes, you do. And that's what the whole part of leadership is. We were actually, before we were talking, we went online, we were, we were dealing with some things in some of our companies and you were saying like, you know, Hey, like, you know, even when we were doing a lot of stuff through COVID, it didn't feel as hard because like we yeah. were just, it was like, we were, we were almost like primed for it. But right now over the last couple of months, we're in this new growth phase and yeah. everything feels hard again. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I really felt like the past year and a half, let's say year, the past yeah. year up until then really wasn't that hard. Like it was hard yes. externally, but internally I felt like we, it wasn't really hard yeah. <laughs> for us. Um, but yeah, the past like three, four months, it's been a whole other level. 
Well, we've added business components. We've taken certain businesses to whole new levels. We've Working added employees. Working on a lot of projects, new, new employees. Yes, yes. We've just hit a whole new level of hard. And that's that's kind of like even in, you can see this in exercise. Like when you go out and run a mile and it takes you 15 minutes, right? You ran a mile. Then all of a sudden you get faster and now you run a mile in 12 minutes. It's you still exerting almost the same amount of hard. You just get mm -hmm. faster. Yes. That's the same thing that happens in business, right? Yes. It's, and that's why I tell people in fitness, it doesn't like it doesn't get easier. You just get faster. Yeah. <laughs> and in business, business, it doesn't get, it doesn't get less easy. You just get bigger. Yeah. I was just going to say on one of my fitness programs, she always says it, it doesn't get easier. You get better. Yeah. And I'm like, that's totally true. Yeah. And that's why people, you know, they look at a professional athlete that's training six hours a day and how do they do that? Well, they started small, right? Yeah. Or they look at like Jeff Bezos or, you know, anybody that's built Warren Buffett, who's got these massive companies. They go, how they get there? They're like, well, they got there. By slowly, slowly yeah. by starting there. Right. Yeah. And you built up that emotional fitness, that emotional resilience to withstand a higher level of stress, i.e. challenges. And so that's part of the whole part of business building and leadership is that's why businesses is conduit for personal growth, because every day in business, you're getting an opportunity to grow personally, which gives you a, a better baseline to stay more consistent at that baseline to make better quality decisions every single day. And that's what leadership really is. And people, people could always, they're always in the ground. Like, what do I do as a leader? I'm like, you make decisions. Well, yeah, I was going to add, you work on yourself yes. and you make decisions. And that's that proactiveness, yeah. Yeah. right? And so again, so um, the other kind of the benefit from this is you stop trying to please others, right? Like, so yes. as you build emotional resilience, you no longer, and I can speak directly to this because the first 16 years of my life when I was overweight and I tried to please everybody as a chameleon, I literally walked that path until one day I realized that I just didn't want to live that way. So as an, as an adult, there's, it's like, if you're putting masks on to try to please everybody, like one employee, another employee, a boss, your, your parents, like your, your home life, like it's exhausting to try to put on all these different masks instead of just you showing up and contributing the best way that you can contribute. Right. And being clear on who you are and okay with who you are and emotionally resilient people um, feel confident with themselves. They feel worthy. They feel like they are enough. Yeah, and it's and it's like you can Which use therefore, the, if you feel that way, you're not going to be tempted to want to please others all the time. Exactly, and you're not going to be tempted to get off baseline, which then puts you up and sets you up for better quality decisions. So I'm just going to tie everything back to being leadership is making these quality decisions every single day because that's what you do. Yeah, I was going to say if you're if you are emotionally resilient and you're not always trying to please people, then you're also more willing and you don't hesitate to say no. Exactly, which again is decision-making. Yeah. I think it was shared when I was talking to some of our leaders yesterday. I said, you know, how many people have signed up for or said yes to a dinner knowing that they weren't going to do it and they were going to have to cancel it in the next couple of days, right? Yes. Or they signed up for something knowing they weren't going to do it. Yes. But they, in the moment they felt like they needed to say it. You just don't do those things, which then has now created a whole other stress. And then you're gonna have to deal with the problem later on instead of just dealing it directly right there. I got I got to quit. This is you coaching me personally now. <laughs> so I do not believe I'm a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And yet sometimes I'll say yes to those types of things, knowing that I'm not going to do them. So personally or business wise? Personally. Yeah. But business, I probably am like clear on what I say yeah. yes and no to. Yeah. Well, I think that, um, well, now you're aware of it. And yeah. I think part of it is, is, is why would you say yes in the first place? I think I sometimes want to be that person. Yes. Well, that's like it. I, yeah, I want to be that social creature. That sounds great. Yeah. I want to maybe go out and go to that birthday party. And then when I stop and think about it, I'm like, it sounds exhausting. It sounds horrible. I'd rather yeah. just stay home. Yeah. Well, that's it. I think that's, or is that me not pushing myself outside of my comfort zone? No, it's, it's well, yes. 
that is true, but that's when it goes back to using the word authentic. Yeah. Authentic knows that like, you know how you really want to behave mm-hmm. and staying true to that behavior. Right. Which means like, like Michael Singer is a great example of that. He's very famous in terms of his books and his lectures and what he wants to do. And people ask him all the time to go speak. And he just says, no, like he, he, he doesn't want to coach one-on-one people. I don't ever want to do one-on-one sessions. And I don't ever really want to do more than like he went on Oprah and Tony Robbins. Right. That was right. it. So right. he's very clear on yes. what he just, and he just doesn't say, and he could push himself outside of his comfort yes. zone to do that, but he's also out that's, of alignment. Of exactly. Who he is. He's like, I don't ever feel a push to do that. I show up in my temple every Sunday. It's free. People can come there, whoever they want. What would be an example in that scenario of him pushing himself outside of his comfort zone? I don't know. You have to talk to him, right? I mean, it's no, I mean, seriously, <laughs> I like, it's like, I don't know if it's, it's even pushing it. it well, here it is. Pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone, maybe taking on a topic that's not popular, even though it means a lot to them. So it's, right. you're already doing what you're doing. You're just pushing whatever you're doing well at, you push further or down that, that is line. is in alignment with who you are and you just keep kind of pushing yes. that angle. It's like getting your side of your comfort zone is like if you're already running and you're running at 10 minute miles, getting your side of your comfort zone may be running at eight minute miles. Right. right? Because you're already yes. running, you've already committed to doing it and you want to do it. You might, then how do I do it better? Yep. Right. Okay. The same thing that. with him. Like, I, I think, you know, sometimes just with Michael Singer anyways, he takes on topics that nobody wants to talk about. Mm. And cause he always say, he goes, nobody will tell, talk to you this way. And he's like, but I'm going to, right. And, he, and he's like, I feel like I'm yelling at you, but I'm not. And so like, I think it's pushing outside the comfort zone to bring those conversations. Cause that's how he wants to teach. Yeah. He doesn't want to teach techniques. Yes. Right, he wants right. to teach the root. Yeah. And then sometimes that whole, like pushing outside of your comfort zone from it, it, to me, I don't know, this just comes to mind when we're talking about like when you do it, when you're in alignment with something is more of just, I don't know. It's like, it is, com- it's uncomfortable sometimes, but for me, it's just, it's just growth, growth. Exactly. And it's, it's just not, having a new yeah, experience yeah. or learning something new, learning anything new is uncomfortable exactly. to a certain degree. Cause you're not an expert at it or yeah. it's, you know, it's that beginner mindset. It's always a little uncomfortable. It's almost like, you know, semantics of how people define that. Yeah. Like getting our comfort zone to me, just, it, it's almost like a, like a, like an it's pushing, ease it's like comment. Yeah, like, yeah, it's yeah. like, it's like people like, Oh, you gotta put yourself out of comfort zone, go out and speak. Well, if you're not a public speaker, then maybe that's not you right, or jump out of a plane. Like yeah, then, I'm not ever going to do that. Yeah. That's not putting yourself. Yeah. And push yourself out. Your comfort zone is already doing what you're doing and what you're doing well, just doing it at a different level or yes. bringing something new to it. Right. Right. Just so that or you're grow, always some sort growing. Of growth. Yeah. Always growing. Exactly. Having some new experiences that align with, your values, your beliefs, yeah. your principles, your goals, all that stuff. You know what it really comes down to is leadership is doing things that are hard every day. Yeah. I mean, it's literally what it really, yeah. leadership comes down to. I mean, we're talking about quality decisions, but leadership comes down to you as a leader doing things that are hard every single day and repeating that and being able to repeat that because that's what people watch and that's how you build influence and leadership capital because you don't, you don't have to. Leadership isn't about doing what somebody else is doing on your team. You shouldn't actually be doing what somebody else is doing on the team because that's why you have somebody else on the team, right? right? Leadership is about you doing something hard that can be in your personal life and business life that people recognize and go, man, that's tough. Can you give me an example? Well, you're doing 75 hard. People know that's tough, right? Yeah, and yeah. you're doing it every single day okay, and you're yeah. committed to it. And, and even me, I look up and go, wow, I know how difficult that is. So like builds more leadership capital with you because you're willing to lead yourself mm-hmm. in a way that everyone knows is difficult. Right. But people aren't sitting there going, hey, I'm going to write you a handwritten note that says how wonderful you are for doing this. That's why, because it, it's lonely, because people just recognize it, but they don't tell you that. Right. Okay. So I, I don't know why my mind went to doing something new that's hard every day. Because I'm like, how do you do something? Like, 
That means I'd have to like take on a new 75 hard challenge no, every day. You just mean doing something, something hard, hard, even if it's the same hard thing. Yeah. Even just getting day. up every day at four o'clock in the morning and staying thinking. in your routine. Yeah. Or it's like, yeah, you know, hard. Like, it's yeah. hard, right? It's really hard. Or it, it can, it can be new challenges. Maybe like, Hey, I'm not going to drink wine for six months or caffeine for six months, yeah. or I'm going to go on a juice cleanse, or yeah. I'm going to lead generate for six hours a day yeah. for the next 30 days because I, I'm going to show them what I can do. Or I'm going to, you know, or things like when we first launched the Keller Williams market center for 30 days, I recruited and we recruited 40 people in 30 days. Yeah, and and was, I'm, that's all I did. And I, I'm thinking it's a little bit in the opposite, like saying no and mm -hmm. not worrying what other people it's exactly. Think. That's also hard too. So that, you know, yeah, there's other people who are staying at the office till eight o'clock, but you are saying, no, I'm leaving at five so you can be home for whatever is important to you. Yeah. People respect that's those really things. hard. <laughs> yes. It's all hard, yeah. but it's doing it continually. And so people can see that. And that's what builds a lot of leadership capital that way too. And all of these things that we're talking about sets you up better for making quality decisions and builds emotional resilience. Absolutely. Building again, just people can see this building emotional resilience is all about keeping you centered that to that baseline. Cause you all know what I mean by baseline. It's like, if you're feeling good and you have more clarity, you make better decisions, period. Yes. You're a stronger leader. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you not get pulled out of that? And that's where emotional resilience comes in, right? You know what? I was actually um, talking to Bill the other day about one of the biggest, I mean, it's not like I've lost a ton of weight from 75 hard. I'm, I'm definitely stronger and stuff and, and stuff like that, but I'm not like, it's not like this massive change that's happened. It's been these small incremental changes, but I one of the biggest things that I've learned or um, felt like I've gained through 75 hard is resilience. Oddly enough, I've like, yes, it's, it's funny that we're talking about that because that is the word that kept coming to mind, like doing the things that I don't want to do, mm -hmm. even though I have to, it's stressful to have to travel and somehow figure out how to get two workouts in. But you do, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's and you got real creative. You get really creative <laughs> with it and you just kind of figure out what, you know, do what you need to do. And I know it's a small example, but I do feel like it's helped with my resilience. Absolutely. It has. Yeah. That's not a small example. It's a big example. That is self-leadership by the way, which is building emotional resilience so you can make better decisions. Yeah. Which is the cool part about it. So you stop trying to please others. Um, you see your mistakes as opportunities to learn and grow, right? So you, you're, yes. you're, you're seeing, you know, and here's, there's like, there's a key kind of phrase to this is when you're seeing your mistakes, as opportunity to learn and grow, there's a difference between making you know, a mistake because you're, you're trying to grow or go into a different ad adventure or you're trying something new to kind of push the business forward. There's always going to be mistakes and failures, yes. right? I mean, it's just going to happen in any business if you're kind of pushing that out there. As long as you learn from them. Exactly. As long as you learn from them. But one of the really key things is if you keep making the same mistake over and over again, it's not a mistake. It's a behavior. Yeah. That's, I, I, such a big one. I know. Right? And it's I like, think about those things in my own life where I'm like, yes. yeah, that was not a mistake. That is absolutely a behavior, behavior. that I have cultivated over yeah. the past five years. But then we throw it out there and say, well, it's just a mistake. You're supposed to fail. Yeah. Oh, like, I know what I'm supposed to do. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I know what I'm supposed to do. And then you just do it again. Yes. Yeah. So I think people should take note of that is when, when people are failing over and over again, that's not a mistake. That's a behavior. When they're failing over and over again, the same thing. Same thing. Yeah. That's exactly right. And that could be in business or in personal life, right? Yeah. If you're, you know, if you've built a thousand logistical centers, right? And you go build a thousand one and you failed a thousand one, that's not something you should fail at because you should have already had the model failed and you should be doing it really well, right? Mm -hmm. But if you go into something brand new like space, you're going to probably fail a lot in trying to learn that or you know, electric cars when they first started, you're going to fail going into a field like that. I'm just giving broader examples, but yeah. that's it. I mean, like when you're, when you're going out there, you're going to, you're going to fail. But if you keep 
failing the same thing. That is a behavior. And people as leaders need to look at that and recognize and be able to bring that conversation to your employees of being like, is this, is this a mistake or is this just a behavior that we're seeing here? I think of things like, um, somebody, I don't know if it's necessarily a mistake, but let's just say you're five minutes late to a meeting. It's Every a, time? That's a mistake, right? Yeah. Like, oh, shoot, you know, yeah. I, I missed the time. I didn't, you know, whatever. Like, oh, I thought, I thought the meeting was 10 minutes later than it was. That's a mistake. But then if the person is five minutes late, to every single meeting over that that's a behavior. Yes. That's I actually know somebody who shows up 15, 20 minutes late to every single thing. And he's very clear that that's his behavior. Correct. And you just understand yes. that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, a, it's, a, it's clearly a behavior, not a mistake. Not a mistake. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. And at least they're aware of it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, number six, number five is you become independent, free and unworried. Um, you know, worries kind of melt away uh, as you trust your intuition more, you know, it's really, it kind of goes with all the things we're talking about. You become more independent because you're not so tied to other people to bring you joy or peace, right? You're not tied to an external outcome of trying to please somebody so that then they can like you and then you can feel good about yourself. If you already feel good about yourself, you're very clear in making your decisions. You're already good at making those and you just stay consistent with making those decisions because you feel good about yourself. Yes. Period. Right. Yes. Um, emotional resilience means I'm just reading this one. Emotional yeah. resilience means you have to, you start to take things into your own hands rather than letting them happen to you, which is funny that, that we're talking about that in context of being independent, but it also goes with the, you have more control over your life. Yes, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. Number six is you communicate effectively. What does that mean to you? As you build more emotional resilience. resilience. Yeah. And are able to be more adaptable. Um, I think it means being able to communicate your needs, yes. be very clear on what it is that you want or need in life, which can be hard mm-hmm. to do. Um, or that it means that when people have a clear idea of, of once people do have a clear idea of what you need, then they're either others are more likely to either meet your needs or tell you that you can't, but at least either way, you know, you have an answer. You, yes. And you have an answer. Yeah, that's exactly right. And this goes back to the more clearly you can communicate because the more the more centered you are, your baseline. It's very mm-hmm. difficult to communicate when you're full of anger. It's very difficult to communicate when you're feeling insignificant. It's very difficult to, to communicate when you're feeling that you're not valued or respected. It's very difficult to do those things when you're tied up in those emotions versus all the emotional resilience that we're talking about keeps you in that baseline, which then allows you to make better quality decisions and you communicate those better with more clarity because you're just centered more and you're centered. You just, you see things better and clearer. It's as simple as it comes to in the last one, you just actually have more joy in your life right? Because you're not so caught up in going in the emotional roller coasters. You're not so caught up with pleasing other people. You're being, you're living with, with zero masks on. You're just showing up. This is, I always think this is kind of fascinating. You can, if you're showing up differently at work and showing up differently at home, you're wearing a mask. I know pe- yeah, people, I people say, challenge me on that, which is great. Um, I generally agree with that statement. There are there are political niceties. I understand that that somehow has to happen. Right. Or when we teach communication um, methods, where if you're a high D, well, why wouldn't you communicate the same way at home? Well, I'm just saying, like me. Let's say I'm a high D. Yeah. And am I, if I'm communicating to an S, I do need to change my communication so that they are hearing and interpreting what I'm saying. Totally. Right. So why wouldn't you do that at home too? Yeah. Okay. You would. Yeah. Yes. You do all that stuff. That's what I mean. Like all the things we practice in business, it's like they, we yeah. like get home and we forget about them. 
It's like, <laughs> sorry, you, I'm just laughing because I'm like, oh my God, I actually do that. Well, it's time. like we do that. We yeah. like, we put all these things that we'd work on right. and we put all this energy towards and Then all of a sudden we get home and it's like, whatever we have left over, it's like we let down and it's like, we, yeah. we just let this beast come out. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like to I, a certain I, extent. I do. And then I think, okay, well, let's say, let's say you're showing up as your authentic self at home. Yeah. We, we're kind of going the other, the, from work to home. Let's say you're showing up as your very true and authentic self at home. And then. Remember, I just want to pause for a second. Yeah. Being authentic doesn't mean disrespectful. Being authentic doesn't mean like, I don't like your hair. It has nothing no. to do with any of that. No, that just is being rude. Yes, exactly. Um, <laughs> That's exactly. But, but people see that like, I'm being authentic. It's like a, they have a badge to kind of like say these things to people. That's. Yeah completely blown out of proportion of what that term means. No, I, I just mean more of like, you know, I can't think of a good example, but just like you're, you're funny. Let's just say you're funny at home and you have like a lighter, uh, like a lighter side to yourself. Yeah. You like to laugh. Or, yeah, you, like to laugh. you have a lighter side. You still, uh, you know, you're the driver, but you still, you know, whatever. Then you bring that to work and maybe the humor is not acceptable. Does that mean you're not being, that means you have to put on a mask at work. Then you should change the environment you're in to something that's acceptable. <laughs> okay, fair enough. But you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. they're, well, that's yeah. you're being I forced. Like that's line, what I'm yeah. saying. You're no, it's not really fine line. You're being forced to change. Then you have to make a decision. Can I live with this? Okay. And then you, and then you're deciding like, Hey, I'm not really being me because I can't laugh. I can't be yeah. this. Right. Yeah. I, I can't actually show up that way. So therefore either you decide I can live with that or I can't live with that. And then you make the decision of what's best for you. Yeah. Okay. It, it doesn't mean like, Hey, I'm lazy at home. So I become lazy at work. That's not what we're referring yeah. to either. People get caught in these kind of like, well, I guess like this. But what if you are like a lazy individual at home? But then maybe you need to, and you don't want to be responsible for anybody else. And maybe you need to go find an, a job or an occupation that allows you to do that too, or find something that is, okay, is different. Yeah. Right. That's what I mean by like kind of shifting this. You know, I had a very interesting discussion. We had some leaders that flew in and, and I just, you weren't even, in the, you weren't in the room, but we talked about, um, like millennials, cause they were like, they were like 28, but they had done some really successful things. And they were like, you know, um, people have this stereotype that millennials aren't working or one of those things. And I said, let me just pause you for a second right there. Cause he was talking about kind of himself. I said, I don't think people have that stereotype that you're not working. I said, the way I see this is that you are very purposeful driven, meaning that you're unwilling to, um, set a lower bar or having a substandard for how you show up at work. And so you're not going to go through the motions. And so, because I said, how much, how many hours do you work? And they're like, I don't know, like 80, 90 hours a week. I said, that's not lazy. I said, you're, you just need to be around an environment that fosters and that you believe in. And that's different. Right. More of a purpose-driven organization, uh, perhaps one, like, I'm just kind of talking about millennials, I guess. I mean, I'm a, I'm a millennial, yeah. um, purpose driven control of your time, control purpose of your time, yes. a little, not um, being, you don't have micromanage, to exactly. Yeah. Like having a little bit more of creativity of thought and movement yes. and flexible schedules. And, um, yeah, that is important. You're not showing up to punch a clock. Correct. You're showing up to contribute. Right. And that doesn't mean that they are working any less. They're yes. just working differently. Exactly. And then people that are older, like, Hey, I showed up for 30 years and punched the clock and they get pissed off that people aren't doing that. And I'm like, that's because you, you chose a different path and you're expecting people to follow your path. Cause that's the only way you see life mm -hmm. instead of realizing that people are waking up and going, there's a whole other way to see this, Yeah. which is really what we try to do in our organizations. Right. Well, and work is just different. I mean, like jobs are just different. Well, it's not now. work. It's, it, it, that's what changing the whole term of work. We should do a whole podcast now. Like work is not like, I understand the mechanics of work and that people yeah. have to go there and there's employees and there's bosses, there's owners. I understand all that. Right. I'm going to make you read the book I'm reading. Cause there's a whole other perspective on all of that. <laughs> there, I mean, it just, I kind of think it depends though on where you work it, it 
Yeah. And what, like what you do. That's a podcast that we should do. Right? Because yeah. it's it's all about like if you're if if you if you're enjoying, I mean, I get it that there's crunch times. Yeah. <laughs> and there's some moments in our fun. But if you're enjoying what you're doing, then you're enjoying what you're doing. Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree. So let's just that. take it back to emotional yeah. resilience. Yeah. We'll, we'll I'm like, whole there's path. a whole, yeah, there's a good conversation yes, there. there is. Yeah. Um, so again, so emotional resilience is, you know, the, some of the, the benefits that you will walk away from. Again, this all circles back to you being able to stay more centered, more balanced and making better quality decisions every single day. And right? specifically being able to adapt to stressful situations in crisis. Exactly. Yeah. Which by being adapt to them or, or, or um, changing to those is keeping your center during all of that time. Right. It's keeping yes. it's it's you being able to be having a clear sense of control, having a having clarity during crisis. Right. And being able to, yeah, like move. Yeah. Move quickly. Yes. Make decisions. Quickly, make de- exactly. Adapt, and make better decisions that you're doing. Yeah. Yes. And you'll get the benefits of those things. You know, people then people are like, well, how do I build that more? It's like, OK, be proactive. Start by doing the example you did. You built emotional resistance by going out and doing 75 hard. Yeah. That may be like you going out there and walking for four days a week or quitting something that you've been doing. Maybe it's like, okay, I'm not going to eat seven cheat meals anymore. Or, you know, it's like, I'm going to go do something hard in business. That's how you start. Self-leadership or emotional resilience is built by doing things that the mind is telling you not to do. Mm -hmm. And that's how you build. And really what you're doing is building emotional resilience. You're building the, the stability to overcome that voice inside your head that says no or tries to derail you. Because when you get off balance, the only thing that's happening is the mind's talking and you're going off balance listening to it. And then the emotions go with it as well too. Yes. And the mind starts going rampant. And then you finally get to a place where it's like settled down and you come back. The speed at which you can come back to those things, meaning that if somebody punches you, you're going to feel the emotion, right? Mm-hmm. But the minute you stop feeling the emotion, you should go back to centered, right? And that's part yeah. of it. Like I was giving an example yesterday. I got an email that was kind of tough and, and they're like, man, this is still bothering me. And they're like, how long did it bother you for? I said, I read it. It hit me and it felt like a gut punch for about four minutes and then I moved on from it. Yeah. And they said, that's yeah. the difference between you and me. And I said, that's only because I've been working and being proactive at building emotional fitness and resilience in frankly, just dealing with it all the time. Cause I know if I stay on this, it's just ruining other parts of me. Yeah. It's ruining my family time. It's ruining my ability to think clearer. It's ruining my ability to respond, any of those things. So I need to figure out the best way to do that. And that's where it comes into is you start small where you can and you start build this like any other muscle and it's going to lead for you to be able to have more clarity. And then ultimately, again, you're just going to have more joy in everything that you do. Well, thanks for listening and hanging with us today. If you like this episode and you find somebody that's maybe going through an industry change or somebody that has needed a new direction, they just need a little pick me up. Love for you to share this episode, write a review, leave a comment. I know that's kind of a pain in the butt to do that, but you can share it very easily. That takes like seven seconds. So find somebody that you would love to share this episode with, and we'd greatly appreciate getting our message out there.